I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I put a title on the board. It's very simple. Christmas is paganism. Pagan means many gods. Many gods. Let me say this clear. Christmas is Christ Mass. You get it? Christmas is Christ Mass. That's that's where the name comes from. When you look it up in any encyclopedia, it will say Christus, C-H-R-I-S-T-E-S-M-A-E-S-S-E. Christus Mass, say. It means the Mass of Christ. It is a convolution. Convolution means... An admixture, something that doesn't mix together like oil and water. That's what a convolution is. So it's a convolution of the John, the sixth chapter, when you're starting about verse 53. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. If any man eats this bread, he shall live forever. And my bread is my flesh. And then he said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. That's where the Roman Catholics got this. I've got a t-shirt that says, Christmas is Roman Catholicism. And then it has in parentheses, I am not a Roman Catholic. And I've got that on a shirt. And people can get mad at what they want to do. It, let me make this plain and clear. It was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America. 300 years ago was in, well, actually back to 1629. Back that far, that's where the Puritans come to America. Why was it against the law? Because the Puritans, before they were in America, they were families in Europe, and they suffered during the Inquisition. Inquisition. You had many different forms of the Inquisition that lasted over from 500 to 700 years. You had the Roman Catholic Inquisition. You had the Portuguese Inquisition. The medieval Inquisition. The Roman, you had the, I said Roman Catholic. The Portuguese. You had many different Inquisitions. This is when they would send a man out to a village and this was done by the Pope. By the Pope. He would send this crew of men out to a village and they would tell the people in the village you got to partake of the sacrament of the Mass and if you don't, you will be tortured and they tortured them till they killed a lot of them. They cut their arms off, their legs off and they'd make them wallow in a field or something. They'd peel their skin off. They'd pull their fingernails out. They'd take and put them on a rack, stretch their bodies till they'd pop out a joint. Then they'd pop them back in joint, put them back in jail, bring them out the next day and do the same thing all over again. You can find that in Fox's Book of Martyrs. That's something everybody needs to read if you want to know how bad this was. When they came to America, they said, we are not any longer going to put up with this so these families the Huguenots Huguenots the Wallenses 
the Cathars, and many other families. There were there were hundreds of thousands of them. They had been believing in predestination. They did not believe in the mass, and they were the ones that were tortured, them and a lot of other families. So they came to America, and they said, when we get to this new land, we're going to outlaw this popish doctrine. They said, and it was against the law, they passed a law in the 1600s that you could not celebrate Christmas in America. It's really amazing. I told a lady this afternoon, I said, have you ever noticed you never saw George Washington around a Christmas tree? They didn't do it then. She said, I didn't, never even thought of that. You didn't even see, and that would have been back in the 1700s. I said, you didn't even see Abe Lincoln around a Christmas tree in the eight, early 1860s when he was... Uh, when he was president of the United States, you never saw him around a Christmas tree. They didn't do it even in the 1860s. They didn't keep Christmas. Christmas came on in America somewhere around 1900, maybe in the 1890s. It moved very slow. It was a drunken festival all through the 1800s. I've got up here documentation that Christmas is pagan. I'm going to show you a bunch of different, and I'm going to show you some of the papers I have written. I read to you one of my papers last week, or a couple of days ago. I read this paper. This is, and I number, I go down the line, I put dates. This is a paper I drew up maybe 18, 20 years ago. Major points about Christmas. I'm having, I'm having Tom make up uh, several hundred of them and we'll give them to anybody that wants it and it's got uh, Christus Mass Mass of Christ Pope Hughes the first uh, gave it his pagan name it was against the law to, it was against God's law to eat human flesh and that's what the Mass is it's supposedly eating the human flesh of Christ Jesus said except you eat my flesh and drink my blood you have no life in you Roman Catholicism Catholicism took that to mean literally to eat the flesh of Christ. But the amazing thing there in John 6, right after Jesus said that, the next verse he tells you what eat flesh and drink blood means. He said, my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Well, that in word indeed, alethes, A-L-E-T-H-E-S, means of truth. And I'm going to say it one more time and put it on the board. Here's what you eat of. You eat of whatever truth is. Truth is the word aletheia. It comes from aletheis, meaning of truth. L-E-T-H-E-I-A. Aletheia comes from the word lanthano. And that word lanthano means to hide, conceal, to lie hid. When you have the alpha in front of a word, and that's that's the construction of the word aletheia, alanthano is a form of aletheia. This is where truth, the word truth, comes from. Lanthano and the alpha privative negates the word 
And it means when you eat and drink of truth, you eat and drink of not hiding anything and and not to leave anything hidden. You pull the cover off of everything. You define the words. When you do that, that causes you to eat flesh and drink blood. Eat flesh and drink blood was an old Jewish idiom. It meant to partake in a slaughter. And you'll find eat flesh and drink blood. I'll give it to you already, but I'll give it to you again. You find eat flesh and drink blood in that 39th chapter of Ezekiel, where at the destruction of Gog and Magog, the prophet says, God says, call all the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field to come and eat flesh and drink blood and eat this feast that I've prepared for you at the table of the Lord. And he says the same thing in Romans, in Revelation, excuse me, the 19th chapter, when he calls for the fowls of the air. So that's that's what this paper's about. I go into 312 A.D. where the issue, where they, which Constantine issued the Edict of Toleration. I go into 324-25, the Nicene Council mates, and they changed the Feast of Saturn, a pagan unholy orgy, and they stick a new name on it, Christ's Mass. And then I go into 354 A.D. That's when it hit the calendar for the first time. And then 1642 is when the Puritans come. I put 1629, 1642. The Puritans come and they outlaw Christmas in America. Then I've got December the 25th, the most famous day in the ancient world uh, among the Romans. It was the birthday of Mithra, December the 25th, the chief sun god of Babylon. And then I went into doctrines of Christmas and Babylon being the mother of all harlots. I went into the swastika. I went into the swastika. How that it is the wheel of the year. It's just the Big Dipper and it's four phases. And I went into Saturn, the sun god. I went into all these other things. I went into the Christmas tree. Venus was always worshipped in the form of a triangle. And Layard's Nineveh says, since those gods, she was never worshipped in human form. When you look at Venus de Milo, the the Venus in the Louvre in Paris, uh, she has, I don't know if it's one arm or two arms missing. I need to look at that again. But she's got an arm missing, and she Venus was never worshipped in human form. She was worshipped in the form of a cone. And I brought that out. And since they were worshipped in the stars, uh, Layard says he did his his uh, investigations in the in the early 1800s. He published Layard's Nineveh in 1849, and he says she was always worshipped since she was worshipped in the form of a cone, and they were worshipping the stars. They always put a star on top. Well, I don't know what that looks like to you, but sure looks like. A Christmas tree to me. A cone. And Jeremiah 10 says they put it on a platform because it moved not. Layard says they always had a star on top. Looks like a Christmas tree to me. And Jeremiah 10 says they decked it with silver and with gold. I don't know what else you would call that. Christmas tree. It's ridiculous. Now, I've got a paper that I wrote on Christmas. 
before I read it, let me read this fella ask about this. Jesus, you wouldn't mind. I wrote this years ago. And this is a prayer to Jesus. Of course, you're supposed to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. But this is a prayer to Jesus. And Christmas is paganism. I may have to explain some of this as I go through it. Jesus, you wouldn't mind. Jesus, now this is praying to Jesus. Jesus, I know that you told us the customs of the heathen are vain and not to learn the way of the heathen. And I know you told us that philosophy, which is philos, meaning affection, uh, philosophy, and it means comes from philos, affection, and sophos, meaning wisdom, the love of man's own wisdom, and vain deceit and traditions of men, and the rudiments of this world will spoil us and lead us back into captivity into darkness. If we follow these traditions, and Jesus, I realize you told us not to add or diminish from the word of God in Deuteronomy four twelve and 18. And I know you said that your word is pure in Proverbs 30 and 5, and that if we add to it, we'll be found to be a liar. And I understand you said your word is unchangeable in Malachi 3, 6. Now, Jesus, I understand you said your word is unchangeable, but you won't mind if we keep a drunken festival in your honor as long as we change the name so it sounds kind of Christian, even if it is fire worship. You won't mind, will you, Jesus? Now, Jesus... We're not going to be able to stop the drunks and pagan worshipers from continuing to keep their ancient customs. There'll still be a record number of suicides this time of the year, and the poor will feel oppressed. But we'll take a dinner to them at Xmas time and tell them, we'll be back next year. And Jesus, there'll be a record number of wrecks from drunk drivers, and the liquor stores will be thrilled to see the season come. And Playboy magazine puts out a special Christmas edition. Adultery will run rampant as husbands and wives abandon their vows at parties. And you'll be real happy when you hear my idea, Jesus. We've gone back into history and found fire worshipers of the ancient world who had a festival that started on December the 17th till December the 24th and the birthday of their fire god Hercules, Mithrod, Nimrod and they they worship their god. Here's my idea, Jesus. We're going to take this drunken festival they call Festival of Saturn or the Saturnalia and we're going to put your name on it and we'll call it Christ Mass but we'll drop an S to disguise it, Okay. They offered their children in the fire and ate them, but I assure you that even though most of the world will be celebrating this festival the same way they've done thousands of years before you were born, I want you to believe me when I tell you we won't do it that way. And when they ask us why we're dragging the church into doing something so evil, I'll I'll tell them, we don't do it that way. We're using paganism to praise God. Jesus, doesn't that make you happy? 
You don't mind, do you? After all, preachers say it's okay as long as we use this pagan festival to spread the gospel. If they say it, you won't mind, will you? I promise, Jesus, we're going to keep the cut. We're not going to keep the customs of the heathen like they keep them. We're going to keep them different. You won't mind if we do this, will you, Jesus? And that's what they've done. Now, I'm going to try to document a bunch of things for you. And I'm going to read from a paper I wrote about 28 years ago on the true story of Christmas. I don't know why I haven't passed it out. I got to look and I don't, I'd say, I don't think it's that good. Lately I've looked at it and I say, I think it's that good. <laughs> I guess, let me show you some other things. Here's These are just a few books I have. Just a few books. This is not many. You can look up Christmas in, in, or the Saturnalia, McClunk and Strong, or in the Hastings. And you can get all kinds of things. I went through so many things. Now here is a book called The Winter Solstice. How's that? The Winter Solstice is December the 21st. I want to just... This was written by a commercial writer... I don't think most of them wrote to put it down like I do. They're just telling you the history of it all. Now, let me show you some things here. This is the winter solstice. The winter solstice is December the 21st, the longest nights of the year. And the pagans thought the the sun was burning out December 21st. Winter solstice. That's the longest nights of the year. If you'll notice this afternoon, how many of you noticed that it was dark at 5 o'clock? I did. That in the summer, it doesn't get dark until about 8.45 here in Middle Tennessee. So they thought when it got this far into darkness at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It's dark. It usually takes to 5.30, something like that. But they thought the sun was burning out and they had to do something to help the sun. So when they came to, I always put this up on the board. I have to show it to you. It's like the sun. Just think of the sun. Think of the earth on its axis. I showed this to you last last time I thought. This is the sun on its axis. All right, get back to it. All right, here's the sun. There's the swastika. This is, they would check the swastika or the wheel of the year. This is the wheel of the year. That's where we get the, that's where we get the wreath. They would, in summer, June 20, June 2nd, they would check the Big Dipper and it would be here. In the fall, as you're going into winter, 
their problem was getting through the fall all the way around back to spring so we could have crops. So this is all about crops. This is a good luck sign in the ancient world. Long before Adolf Hitler came along, he didn't invent the swastika. He got it from the Tibetan Buddhist. So when they get to here, and they didn't have Kroger or Safeway or Publix, they had to figure out some way they was going to live through this hard winter. And they had some hard winters there. Get back to the spring. And... They checked it every three months at midnight. Checked the swastika. Here it was in the middle of winter. And then here you are. And each one of these points was a festival, was a sun festival. Now, all right. Now, let me show you something here. The winter solstice was down here December the 25th, right in the dead of winter. That's because the sun, I'm going to show it to you. Maybe if I show it to you enough times, you'll get a hold of it. There it is right there. The sun is, it looks like the sun is getting smaller and it's not. It's because the earth on its axis is the earth is tilted 23 and a half degrees on its axis. And like I said the other day, notice that when it's winter in the northern hemisphere, it's summer down here. Because the, the, in the winter, in the northern hemisphere, it's further away from the sun. And the sun is further on the horizon to the, to the east here. It's further on the horizon. So it's the way the earth is tilted that made these people as superstitious as they were. Now, the winter solstice, this book up here, is just on the winter solstice. But he goes into, this writer goes into all these different things. I can't give you all of this, but it goes into the mask that they, the Celtic wheel, the mask that the mummeries wore, the mummers, the mummers were the people that parted in the streets. It gives you the mischief night of Halloween, Celtic calendars, the old new year, the living sun had had to be be reincarnated every year at the first of the year. That's what the New Year's was about. New Year's was about the sun gaining its strength back. When you got through the winter solstice, you got through this part of the year, December 17th through 24th. And the 21st was the winter solstice, longest nights of the year there. And then as the sun began to get brighter, they called that Natalis, N-A-T-A-L-I-S, Solus, Invicti. Notice victi. We get the word victorious from that. It means the birth of the unconquerable. It conquers the dark. The birth of the unconquerable. Solace is the word sun. So it means the birth. And the day after the 21st, you had a few more seconds 
where the sun was beginning to wax greater again till you got down to the spring equinox. The spring equinox is where the light began to equinox means equal night. And they made everything of this in the pagan world. So that's where there's 12 hours in the day and 12 hours in the night. The next day after this solstice is different from this one over here. That's the fall solstice. I mean, excuse me, fall equinox. And you had 12 hours in a day and 12 hours in the night here. And you're going into the dark months here, dark, because it's darker here than back here. This is the end of the harvest. End of harvest. And we call that the end of the harvest on October 31st. And that's what they called Halloween or All Hallows' Eve out of the ancient world. It was a sun festival. And then you've got you've got everything about Saturn in here, the sun in Jerusalem, uh, the mass dancers, this, and it goes into the uh, Bacchus, who was the he was. You had the Bacchalalia, which was a festival of drinking, and then you have the dancers and the. I can't tell you what's in all this. It's called the Winter Equinox by the Sacred Traditions of Christmas, John Matthews, and he doesn't beat around the bush. He tells you about it. Then I have. I've got all kinds of books on the origins of pagan Christmas. Got this book right here. This is a book that you sit around on a coffee table and you read. You sit it on your coffee table so people can read. Christmas, it's pagan, it's pictorial pilgrimage. And it gives you some introductions to it. it this is written by Pierre Benoit. Being a Frenchman... And France is a Catholic country. He's going to have some things in here about Catholicism. Well, let me read this. Read you a couple of sentences. And it's it's a coffee table book. That's what it is. And he's got in here, on the first page, the history of Christmas feast. There was a time, however, when Christmas was not celebrated in Bethlehem or anywhere else in Christendom. Hmm. The first Christians were interested only in the death and resurrection of Christ. This is a Roman Catholic guy. Then he he gets over here on the second page. About the middle of the 4th century, another feast came suddenly into being, the celebration of Christ's birth, 354 A.D. 354 A.D. after... Jesus, 350 R.D. is when it first hit a calendar on December the 25th. Thereby, Christianity took over a right practice hitherto only by pagans. This is a commercial guy that put this out. It's got all these pictures in here. How was the date of December 25th decided upon? This question worries historians to this day. Christmas was first mentioned in Rome about 336 A.D. 
Wasn't even mentioned in Rome till then. <coughs> then he says something I don't agree with. During the reign of the first Christian emperor, Constantine, he wasn't a Christian. <coughs> We've discussed him. He said he saw a cross in the sky. Lactanius, his son's tutor, said he saw what looked like an X, but that's a CH. Then he added the Greek R. That's the labrum of Constantine. C-H-R. C-H-R mass. That's why they used to say X mass. <clears throat> X mass is, is more right than Christmas. <clears throat> Who ruled that Sunday be declared a state holiday and that Christmas be celebrated on December the 25th. But that wasn't until 336 A.D. Incidentally, this date appeared... Most expedient because it coincided with the high cult of the sun cult, high feast of the sun cult, which had long been predicted, practiced in the Roman Empire as part of the popular Mithra religion. Birthday of Mithra long before Christ was December the 25th. In this manner, Constantine used the unifying power of Christianity to buttress his own empire. All he was doing was building up his empire. And he built himself an army. The cult of the sun greatly influenced the Christmas feast. That's Christmas, a pictorial pilgrimage. I bought that at a used bookstore. Just picked it up and thought I'd look at it. Had what I needed in it. Somebody bought me this one time. <clears throat> American educator. This is in a children's, this is a children's encyclopedia. And it's got, it'll tell you under Christmas, it'll tell you all about it. This is if you go into an elementary school, they're liable to have this American Ecuador children's encyclopedia. It'll tell you the pagans celebrated the winter solstice the beginning of the longer day on or about December the 25th. This may have been influenced early church fathers in determining the date. It all is in heathenism, it's paganism. Thus, a pagan festival was turned into a holy season. Can anybody bring a clean thing out of unclean in Job 14? Not one! You cannot... You cannot clean up Christmas. It's like taking your septic tank and putting a hose and going to your your faucet in your kitchen and putting a water cleaner on it. A water purifier. You can't purify septic system, can you? And that's all Christmas is. It's septic. Thus, a pagan festival was turned into a holy season. But there is no certainty as to either of the day or the month of Christ's birth in Jerusalem. Or in Bethlehem, excuse me. In Bethlehem. December is cold and rainy in Bethlehem. And it is unlikely the shepherds would have been out tending their flocks at that time of the year. And I've got that in all kinds of books. Some customs come from mythology. Some from pagan practices. And it goes into mistletoe. Plant is mentioned in Norse mythology in the in the story of Balder. I've read about Balder in some of my 
pagan books. The custom of hanging the mistletoe from the ceiling comes from the belief of the Druids. The Druids had fairies that they worshipped. That to bring good luck to the house, the plant must never touch the ground. The custom of kissing under the mistletoe can also be traced to the Druids who believed that a kiss under the mistletoe meant a pledge, a sincere pledge of love and a promise of marriage. And it has a bunch of silly stuff in it. It has this woman with the candles on her head. And that goes back to Catholicism. Now let me give you one other book. <clears throat> I got all kinds of books. Pagan Origins of Holidays in them. Now I've got this one right here. This is very interesting. The Shortest Day. It says on the page, front cover. Celebrating the Winter Solstice by Wendy Pfeffer. Now, I've looked up Wendy Pfeffer on the internet. She writes like a New Ager. I kept asking, was Wendy Pfeffer a, a, a pagan? Was she a witch? She wrote about 26 books for children. And what she does with this, she takes the winter of the year and makes it kind of real pretty and nice and whereas no... There's no uh, nothing religious about it. It's just a nice little book for children to read and see about summer and winter and how it comes along. And she says, In late autumn, in the northern part of the world, the northern hemisphere, squirrels hide nuts, shows you this picture of winter coming on. Squirrels hide nuts, foxes thick fur coats, grow thick fur coats. Flocks of birds fly to warmer places. They fly south. The sun <clears throat> rises later each morning, sets earlier each evening, and she's showing the deer in the forest and a bird on a limb in the snow and showing the sun going down later. And sets earlier each evening each day it appears lower in the southern sky. As the sun gets lower and lower, the north gets less and less daylight. That's what this was all about. The air grows colder. Chickadees fluff their feathers to keep warm. Woodchucks hibernate in their burrows. And white-tailed deer nuzzle through the snow to find the last blades of grass. Sounds like a nice little kid's book, doesn't it? Real neat. Kind of cute. On short winter days, children bundle in warm clothes and walk through a frosted white world, dragging long shadows behind them. On long winter nights, families eat dinner while it's dark outside. That's what we're doing, isn't it? Children wonder when the days will get long again so they can play outside after dinner like they did in summer. And it's dark outside and they're eating inside. That's what they did. They realized that the darkness was coming. Then it says, and it's got a calendar, December, and it's got the 21st circled in red. And it says, my daughter-in-law found this for me, and she brought it to me. And it was just a book in a bookstore 
for children so you can read and see how what nice little pretty lives they live in the winter time and in the summer. Then it says, in the north, on or around December the 21st. She's not preaching. I've looked her up on the internet. I asked the internet, is is this uh, Wendy Pfeiffer? Pfeiffer, is she, is she New Age? Is she an atheist? She won't say. She writes like a New Ager. December the tw- 21st, the sun reaches its lowest point on the horizon, making that day the shortest day of the year. That's what all that paganism was about. Like all days, December the 21st has 24 hours. But it's called the shortest day because it has the fewest hours of daylight. The shortest day called the winter solstice. They got this in a kiddie's book. Telling you the truth about it. The earth tilts as it moves around the sun. It tilts at 23 and a half degrees. Long ago, people didn't understand how the earth tilts and moves around the sun. They didn't understand why each day had less sunshine than the day before. Some believe that evil spirits made the sun go away. They believe it was demons that was causing the sun to move away from the earth, and they thought they were all going to die, so they had to light these bell fires or these bonfires to help heat up the earth so the sun would come back. That was the whole idea of the Feast of Saturn. Saturn's sun was Mithra at Rome. And they wanted to appease Saturn to tell your son to come back. They held ceremonies to bring the sun back down here at the bottom of this. I'm not reading all of it. I just want to show you some of the things in it. Over the years, people noticed that after short days, the days gradually got longer. This is just a nice little story for kids. And the amount of truth behind it is phenomenal. They talk about 5,000 years ago, people who studied the sky noticed that day after day, the sun set in different places on the western horizon. They discovered that when the sun set further south, that was the shortest day. But they come up and said, the sun is burning out. We've got to set up these festivals for the sun and cause the sun to come back so we can have crops in the spring. All you had to do was be obedient to the living God to have crops in the spring. These early astronomers astronomers planned to mark the shortest day and so forth. It's got so much in here. The days gradually got longer for the next six months. When the sun appeared farthest to the north, its rays shone through another keyhole. In China, over 3,000 years ago, astronomers measured shadows to determine the shortest day. I'm going to read a few more of the things. And the amazing thing, it shows you the earth going around the sun tilted. I don't think kids are going to know this, what this depth of this is. And then they talk about mistletoe hung around the home, symbols of life. Then it's got this little girl with those, that's Roman Catholicism with her having those candles around her head. In Sweden, a festival of light celebrated the return of longer days on St. Lucius Day. That's Roman Catholic. 
girls wore crowns of evergreens and candles. I don't know how they kept from getting burnt up. Crazy. I'll read a couple more things. This is a very interesting book. The amount of truth hid behind it is astounding. Around the same time in history, the Incas of Peru marked the shortest day with a festival in honor of the sun. At dawn, the sun first appeared. Shouts of happiness rang out, so forth. They carried the fire to their temples to keep it burning on the altars all year. And that reminds us of the eternal fire that was at Pergamos, the eternal fire at Rome. That's why John Kennedy's got an eternal fire. He was a Roman Catholic at the foot of his grave. I can't give you all this. Today people will celebrate at the beginning of winter by decorating their houses, lighting the darkness. Nothing about Jesus in it. Nothing. Nothing about Jesus in this book. They no longer worry that the sun will disappear forever. People have, for more than 5,000 years, people have welcomed the winter solstice because it's a beginning. It's a new beginning. What they wanted to do was party through the winter. They got depressed in the winter. Then it shows this. It's, that's a little kid's book. And it documents what Christmas actually is. And it does it without even saying it. I kind of believe this. Wendy Pfeffer must have been either a witch or an atheist. She was a very respectable woman. She wrote a lot of children's books. Her husband was a naval scientist. Just crazy. Now, I'm just trying to document. I'm taking a children's book and documenting that Christmas is pagan. Here's the paper that I wrote. About 25, 28 years ago. Never have given it out to y'all. I think I've read some from it. I don't know. Let me read some from it. This is Jim Brown on the true story of Christmas. The Christmas festival is the most ungodly custom and tradition of man that has corrupted the world. In the history, has corrupted the church in the history of the world. It is the mass of Christ. It comes from an old English word, Christus Mass, when Constantine incorporated the Eastern and the Western Empire into one universal. The word Catholic means universal. We're the Catholic Church, but we're not Roman Catholics. The Catholic Church, he invited all religions and pagan practices into the church. Look like just like I've been teaching you. The Goths and the Visigoths and the Vandals and the and the and all of those pagans that were rampaging across the European continent, Constantine had a problem with them and with the Christians. He kept trying to kill off the Christians and he couldn't eliminate them. They kept multiplying as fast as he killed them off. So he said, We'll amalgamate these pagans with Christianity bring all of your tree gods and sun gods into the church in the form of a tree, in the form of fires. Back then they didn't have lights, so they lit fires. Now we light up lights to light up the darkness. What's amazing, I don't know if some of you paid attention, but the dark months is between the solstices. 
you had 12 hours a day and 12 hours a night going into the fall equinox to the fall. You had 12 and 12. But the next day you had more darkness than you had light. You might have 12, 11 hours or 12 hours and 3 minutes of darkness and 11 hours and and 57 minutes of light. So this is the dark part. This is the dark. This is the dark until you get to the spring equinox. Here's what I want to enforce to you. When the Bible said, when Paul said to the Ephesians, you were darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. You were these people here from Halloween, Halloween, all the way through the Saturnalia, through Mardi Gras, which is the same thing as Christmas, to Ishtar. That was the dark months of the year. You were darkness, but now are you light. The light is the, is the time of the festivals. There you are, like so. This is the light of the year. He said, you were darkness, but now you're light. If you're going to get the crops in the spring, you got to obey God. In order to, to reap these good crops, you've got to be in the light, being obedient to God. If you're worshiping these other gods, you're in darkness. But he said, now you're light. And he says that to several of the churches. Walk as children of light. That has a meaning. These are not words God just throwing out there, saying walk in the truth or walk in the light. He's talking about this is the darkness. This is the light. His covenant had to do with the light. I'll give you crops all through your your years, but you got to keep the sabbatical years, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, every seven years. They had to leave the land alone and let it lie fallow. Now, where was I? I'm going to keep reading this paper. When Constantine incorporated the Eastern and the Western Empire into one universal church, he or one universal empire. He he invited all the religions, pagan practices into the church. All the Saturnalia, city of Saturn worship, was incorporated into the Romanist church. Saturnalia was a celebration of the rebirth of the unconquered sun. The reason it was unconquered is because they thought it came up to die and it was born again. They believed in being born again and again, and again, and again. That's what they, that's what the Jews called transmigration. Transmigration was being born again, and again, and again, over and over and over. Every year, the son was reborn. And that's what we call reincarnation. This, the heathens hung the green magical wreaths around their houses and temples. It was nothing less than sun god or Baal and moon goddess worship. 
that Nimrod and his evil mother, Semiramis, mother, wife, sister. You can go into any number of writers. Some will say that Nimrod married his sister. Some will say he married his wife. Some will say he married his mother. It was a, it was a convolution of sex worship is what it was. It began at Babel. It is the very wickedness for which God scattered the children of Israel over the face of the earth. Anytime you see the word scattered in the Old Testament, majority of the time it's talking about God scattering Israel by calling in Babylon to carry southern Israel, or North, carrying southern Israel into captivity, or Assyria carrying northern Israel into captivity. And I've given you the verses on that. Northern Israel was carried away into captivity in Second Kings, the 17th chapter. Southern Judah was carried into captivity. That was in 722 B.C. And southern Judah was carried into captivity 586 B.C. by the Babylonian Empire. And then Babylon fell to Greece and Greece. The reason they were carried away was because they were celebrating Christmas under another name. Just because you change the name of something doesn't mean it's different. You can't just... It's like I've said. If they're going to repossess your house... Now, I used to live at 104 Irvin Street. Now, let's say they're going to repossess my house on Irvin. All I have to do is go up to the corner, pull up that sign, and put Maple Street instead of Irvin. And then they can't repossess my house, right? You can't change the name and make it different. You can take a pig and dress it up and put a bathe it and put a ribbon around its neck and put put eternity cologne all over it. Make it smell good. And take it outside. It will head for the straight mud hole it could find. A pig is still a pig under any other name. Christmas is still heathenism under any name. When they say a rose is still a rose under any other name, you cannot change. Let me just do this. I quoted it earlier. I want you to read it with me. Job 14 chapter. Job 14. And let me change some words on it, okay? Job 14. Job. I'm in Psalms. That won't do with it. That's why I couldn't find it. Job 14. Now, I want you to read with me here. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Let me tell you, it's just been a few days ago I was a young guy. I remember graduating from high school. It seemed like a few months ago. It was 66 years ago. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. You die soon. I'm not going to live much longer. 
Not because I feel sorry for myself, because I'm 82. I know that's true. Ten years is not a long time. Ten years ago, I was 72, and that doesn't seem like hardly any time ago. He fleeth as a shadow and continueth not. You can run away from death, and it won't do you any good. You're going to die. And dost thou open thine eyes upon such an one, and bringest me into judgment with thee? Who can bring a clean thing? Who can bring Christmas out of a Saturnalia? Not one. Who can bring a clean thing out of unclean? You cannot clean up sewage. Christmas is Christ Mass, has nothing to do with Jesus. It's Roman Catholic. Has nothing to do with Christ. I don't know why people can't see that in the Word as it ever occurred. When I was twelve, I looked at Christmas, I said, Christ Mass. I was saying that nobody ever said those words separate to me. Never heard it. At twelve years old I was looking at the midnight mass. And I was saying, is that Christ's Mass? That it is drop an S and pull those two words together. I'm saying that at 12 years old. I never told my family. never told anybody in my family. If any of you are watching, that's exactly true. When we lived at 3307 Grover in Fort Worth, Texas, and Daddy bought that delayed inch screen TV, and we were watching the Midnight Mass, and I'm sitting there thinking those things. Who can bring a clean thing out of unclean? Not one. Seeing his days are determined, the numbers months are with thee. Thus appointed a bounds that he cannot pass. Now let me get back to reading this paper that I wrote. I'm not going to get through it. I didn't get to the other one either. I'll give these away free. Won't charge anybody for them. The heathens hung the green magical wreaths around their houses and temples. It was nothing less than sun god Baal and moon goddess worshipped the groves or Venus. That Nimrod and his evil mother Semiramis, our sister or mother or sister, began at Babel. It is the very wickedness for which God scattered. You look up scattered in your concordance. And God will say, I will scatter you. I will scatter you. And he scattered them. And he used the Babylonian Empire and the Assyrian Empire. And they fell to the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans. That God determined upon Israel for their wicked apostasy. They did not keep their Sabbaths. And they were immersed in sun god and moon worship, the Baal and the groves. This was implemented into Israel when Jezebel married Ahab in northern Israel in 1 Kings, the 16th chapter. Immediately thereafter, in 1 Kings 17, God pronounced his judgment of no rain in Israel for three and a half years by the prophet Elijah. God had said repeatedly to the prophets that if Israel did not obey his statutes and commandments of the Lord, Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26, that he would bring sword, famine, pestilence upon them. And he did that over and over. Then finally, he brought the beast down upon them. 
His anger was greatly kindled against Ahab because he considered it not only a light thing to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the golden calf, but to take on this wickedness began at Babylon by Nimrod. This was the original apostasy. The calf worship actually derived from the bell sun worship of Babylon. John said in Revelation 17 and 5 that this mystery of religion, that this mystery of religion that corrupted all the Mediterranean region was the mother of idolatry, which is the word harlots. Babylon mothered it all when they said, let us build us a city and a tower, new civil authority and boundary line, a kingdom, a language, and let us make us a name. The word name is Shem, meaning authority. Shem was the prophet of God, and I believe he held the office of Melchizedek when Noah conferred it on him, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. Japheth and Canaan dwelt in the tents of Shem as he was the prophet of God, of, of prophet of the priest of God. Nimrod said, Let us make us a Shem or a prophet and we'll make our own law and authority. That is what has corrupted the world. It was a filth in Israel. When man resets the boundary and makes himself a new commandment, he merely worships himself and his own traditions. This is pleasing to the flesh. Israel actually kept Christmas in Israel 900 years before Jesus was born under an ancient name, Bell in the Grove. The Christmas festival is pleasing, deceptive, and seductive. It aligns denominations for adoring, excuse me, not adoring, since adore means to worship, but for admiring a baby in a, a baby in a manger with a halo, the sun god behind its head. This halo was one of the compromises of Constantine. He put the rays of light behind the heads of the saints in order to conciliate the heathen and getting them to accept the Christian saints. St. Francis of Assisi Christianized this heathen festival by implementing the nativity and its corruption from the Madonna and child which was worshipped in all the pagan world. She was worshipped as the mother with babe in arms in the pagan world. The mother was placed in nativity with her halo along with this, let me add, constant, uh, this Francis of Assisi began this Franciscan order and he is the one who's put the Madonna and child or the babe in the manger in around 1236 A.D. They didn't have a manger scene till that time, till, till over 1,200 years after Christ had died. The mother was placed in the nativity with a halo along with this uncrucified, unresurrected. They called him an eternal boy at Rome. He was an eternal boy savior and he was worshipped in pagan Rome. The Mary of the nativity shared in the glory of this boy savior. The Lord God of the Old Testament said that he would not 
share his glory with another. And he's not going to share it with Mary. If St. Francis had not been such an inaccurate theologian, it may have been easier to cause Christians to see the error. The wise men did not gather at the manger with birthday gifts. They came to the house where the young child was approximately two years old in Matthew 2.11, not where the babe was in the manger. They came to worship him as the pure, acceptable sacrifice of God. The gold, I put that in a track over here, the gold that was brought was a picture of pureness of the living God. They were not birthday gifts. Acceptable sacrifice in the temple was offered with frankincense and the myrrh was to anoint the dead body of Christ. Jesus was approximately two years old. Pilate, Herod slew all the children in Bethlehem and all the coast thereof from two years old and under according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men what time the star appeared. The Magi, which is the word wise men, Magi comes from the word magic. We get the word magic from Magi. It means the science of the Magi. Magi. Did not come to give each other birthday gifts and have a big feast and party. St. Francis truly did his evil deed by incorporating this religious-looking scene in the Romanist church. This Madonna and child was nothing but Semiramis and Nimrod, Venus and Cupid, Ray and Tammuz, Aphrodite and Hercules, etc. In the pagan world, when the sun was deified in the stars as Adonis, the Lord, the adoration was shifted to Mother the Ruler. The Mother had more, the Mother of the gods in the ancient world had more honor than the Father. And in the pagan world, when the sun was deified in the stars as Adonis, the Lord, the adoration was shifted to the Mother as the ruler. As the Ashtaroth in Israel, Ashtaroth was a generic name for all the female tree deities. She was condemned as the queen of heaven by Jeremiah when Israel poured out drink offerings to her in Jeremiah forty-four seventeen through 25. They burned incense unto, unto this grove goddess, Israel, and this was 600 years before Jesus was born. Who does not know that this queen of heaven that the Bible condemns in Jeremiah 44 and Jeremiah 7. Who is unfamiliar that this queen of heaven is adored and worshipped as the mother of God in the Roman Catholic Church? God forbid Israel to worship the queen of heaven. Evangelical and fundamental religious leaders say that we will not accept Christ on the crucifix with no gospel of resurrection. All Catholic crosses have Christ hanging on it. That's called a crucifix. You're not supposed to have that. He's risen from the dead. He's no longer crucified. We'll accept him as the eternal boy in the manger. We will align with all denominations to admire him in the manger. Yet few of us 
getting to the gospel of his resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, Romans 1, 16. It is no wonder that the celebration of his birth was not until the 4th century when Constantine started it in Romanism. The first year that it was placed on the calendar was 354 A.D., the period of the implementation of pagan practices into Romanist church. The Puritans and Reformers in England and early America passed laws against its celebration as being a pagan, papal, unholy day. It was against the law to celebrate Christmas in early America. Criminal penalties were exacted for its participation in the colonies. Even caroling in Puritan England could result in fines and imprisonment. Most of the Christmas carols were written by Roman Catholic priests. What does Silent Night, Holy Night have to do with Jesus? Silent Night, Holy Night, Holy Night. It's ridiculous. That was written by a Roman Catholic priest. And every time people think of Christmas, they start playing Silent Night in the background on some TV show. It's the most popular Christmas song other than Deck the Halls with Bowels of Holly. If you'll notice, they have that on all the TV shows. And the halls were decked in the pagan world in the Scandinavian countries because the weather was so cold there. And the, they said that these were magical trees that could live through that sub-zero weather. So they took those, the greenery from the holly trees and they took the mistletoe and hung it around the pagan temples that's where deck the halls with boughs of holly comes from the reformers knew that it was a direct result of druidic fire worship the sun's representative was in the form of a flame and the moon goddess was represented as a tree notice that tree is made of wood and wood fuels the fire I don't know if you thought of that, but that's what I wanted to just point out to you. The tree goddess is what fuels the flame of the fire. The tree goddess of Jeremiah 10 is certainly the same tree brought into Romanism by the pagan emperors. It was the counterpart of Baal in Israel. Ethbel, the father of Jezebel, was a priest of Ashtart. Ashtart comes from, we get Easter, Ishtar, Ashtaroth, all of those words which were the female deities of the ancient world of Babylon. Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature. This is what it says. This system by which he corrupted Israel was moved from Babylon to Pergamos. Babylon to Pergamos. Let me show you. I can sit here and document all day and all night, all of this. Now, this system, when the Persians took over in Babylon, if this is Euphrates River and this is Babylon, when the Persians up here, Persia, Persia is the same thing as Iran. Persia equals Iran. 
Pakistan, Afghanistan, uh, Turkestan, all the stands was Persia. Babylon was the same thing as Iraq. When, when Persia comes in and conquers Babylon, that's where I am. The system, the Cyrus of Persia, Cyrus of Persia, Cyrus, outlaws, or the Persian kings outlaw the fire worship system. Now let me see if I can verify this. I get to my favorite. No, I think it's the other way. I'll have to go back, y'all. Excuse me. When they, when here it is. When Cyrus, this is Iraq, right there. There's the Euphrates River. Babylon is right there on the Euphrates. It's the people from Iran, or that was the ancient Persians, came in and marched down the riverbed after Cyrus diverted out here. Well, he outlawed, he and the other Persian kings outlawed the fire worship system, and they moved it out of here. They moved it out of here up to northern, uh, what we call Turkey, that was Asia Minor. There's a church called Pergamos up there, and he moved it to Pergamos. From where again, Rome? He moved it from Babylon to Pergamos. Now let me read something to you about Pergamos. Pergamos, over in Revelation, the second chapter... Revelation, the second chapter. This is how you can identify this. You'll get this out of the two Babylons. This is very important to know it. And he says, verse 12, chapter 2 of Revelation, And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. And I know thy works. So he's writing this to Pergamos. I know thy works, where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. There was a throne that there's fire worshippers set on down here. And when when it was outlawed by the by the Persian people, it found its seat over here in Pergamos. And the ruler of the Pergamum Empire, this is Turkey. Let me see if it's further over here. It's about over here somewhere. Pergamus is up here. And when the king of Pergamus died, his name was Atalas, A-T-A-L-A-S. Atalas III. When he died, he left all of this system he left this system to Rome. And they took 
an Olympic torch out of the temple of Osculopius. I don't know. Let me see. A S A U S C A P L I U S I something like that. Osculopius was the serpent god at Pergamus in the temple of of the he was the servant god in the fire temple at Pergamus. What they did, Atalus the third, in all probability we might get the word Italy from Atalus. They moved it by they took a torch when it was over here in in Babylon, it was an eternal fire. Eternal fire. And when they moved it up here, they kept the fire burning. In fact, when it found its when it found a place from Babylon over here in Tyre and Sidon, which is right above Israel, it is the same thing as Lebanon, Tyre and Sidon, when it found a place over there. Tyre and Sidon. That's right above Israel. They had that in an eternal fire. Eternal fire. And when it found its way down here to Israel, when Ahab married Jezebel, and Ethbel was her father, they brought Baal in the grove into Israel, into northern Israel, there in First Kings, the 16th chapter. All of this fire worship is what Israel was involved in all the time they were a kingdom. That's why God scattered them, because they were celebrating Christmas under another name, Baal in the grove. It's all the same thing. And they had an eternal fire here, and when it, when, Eth, when Ahab and Jezebel's daughter, Athaliah, saw the fact that Ahab was running around with Jehoshaphat in southern Judah, one night Jehoshaphat's son Jehoram sees this woman at some party. He marries her, and she brings her mother and father's gods down to southern Judah. Well, when she brings them down into southern Judah, they set up a place just southeast of Jerusalem. Here's Jerusalem. They go down here southeast of Jerusalem, and they set up a place that they can offer their children in the fire. And all of that fire, God comes down into this southern Judah, and they have a, just south of Jerusalem, they have a place called Tophet. And they had an eternal fire going there to burn their children in the fire. Israel was burning their children in the fire and eating their children. Find that in Jeremiah 19 and in Second Kings, the sixth chapter, and several other places. So they they had an eternal fire here. So you can trace that fire up to up to Tyre and Sidon, trace that over to here to the eternal fire in Babylon, 
when they kick it out of there, you can trace it up to Pergamos, and then they took they took a torch carrier and took the eternal fire over here to Rome. And the Vestal Virgins kept the eternal fires going there at Rome. And when Roman Catholicism made its way to the United States, and John F. Kennedy, JFK, is the president of the United States, he's a Roman Catholic. When he gets assassinated, they've got an eternal fire that never goes out there in front of his grave. And you can trace his grave, his eternal fire to Rome, to Pergamos, to Israel, I mean to Babylon, to Tyre, to northern Israel, to southern Israel. It all connects together. That's amazing to me. Now, let me read some more of this paper. Do I have any time, Mike? I'm not going to get through this paper. Uh, not even close to it. This paper's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pages to it. And I haven't even begun to get into it. I'm just a page and a half into it. The first of these growth goddess trees was brought to America around the turn of the 19th century. Christmas did not become a national holiday in America America, till 1856. The lights and candles are nothing more than the candles and tapers that were lit up to the sun god and the eternal flame and the temple at Vesta, uh, Vesta in Rome. The Vestal Virgins, Vestal would be a, not a good name to name your child. And there was a big famous gospel singer named Get Vestal. And they had to keep the fires going at that eternal flame at Rome. It's, it's just crazy. Now, praying to dead saints including St. Nicholas. When I first saw the Christ Mass at 12 years old, I sat there and evaluated as my little analytical mind always did. And I analyzed, said, St. Nicholas is Santa Claus. I think it came, I found out later it came through the Netherlands or Holland at the name of Center Klaus. has all these other names all over the world. Father Christmas in, a, in another country. Uh, he even had a name for him in Russia. I forget what it was. Is the forbidden sin of necromancy talking to, to the dead in seances? Deuteronomy 18, 10, 11. St. Nicholas, the Latin pronunciation is Santa Claus, was said by the Romanist in myth and legend to possess the ability to raise the dead to cause men to repent and change their mind. He was said to calm the sea on a sea voyage. He was believed to answer the prayers of the saints. He was omnipotent in that in all that he and he had in that he had all power. He knew all things and that he could at anywhere be anywhere any given time. That's why he knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. 
and knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. That was St. Nicholas. You want to know about St. Nicholas? Look him up in the McClinic Strong to tell you all about him. You won't like him so much. He knew good children from bad, yet the scripture says that all have sinned, there is none righteous. He was said to be a patron of saint, the patron of, be the patron of saints to children and awarded the good ones and punished the bad ones. Jesus is our resurrection and life, not Santa Claus. Only God can grant repentance. Second Timothy 2.25 Not a Romanist bishop. Only Jesus calms the sea when he calls peace be still. And St. Nicholas said to be able to do that. The great Puritan preachers of the 17th century would be appalled and horrified to see how this papal apostasy has corrupted the church of our Lord Jesus. December the 25th in antiquity is the birthday of the Herculean sun god Adonis to the very day. He was the counterfeit of the Lord Adonai. Adonis has basically the same word. Adonai means the Lord. And the sun came to the coldest part of winter. His adherents would have a festival celebrating the new year as a promise to them of fertility that would bring them new crops in the spring that had an extended festival starting about December the 17th where they engaged in orgies, gift-giving, parties, excessive drinking, and debauchery and drunkenness. They celebrated by lighting up bonfires, which were bale fires, and yule logs to aid the sun in its coldest point of the winter. They celebrated through their new year of plenty and fertility with drunkenness, gluttony, and ribald sexual promiscuity. Christmas was given its name by Pope Julius I. The Mass is the unbloody sacrifice of the Eucharist. The wafer is exactly round to depict the sun as it did in the ancient paganism. Christmas begins at midnight, December the 24th, called Mother Night in pagan antiquity, and is called the Midnight Mass, where the wafer undergoes transubstantiation, or changing of the bread into the literal body of Christ. This is a corruption of Jesus' words when he spoke of eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And I already told you about that. The priest of Baal did this very thing that the pontiff sets as an example. To eat flesh is cannibalism. The priest of Baal followed the example of the sons of Aaron, the priest of the Most High God. The priest, the sun god priest, ate from their altars in the same manner as the priest of God ate from the temple altars. Numbers 18, 8 through 11. The difference is that the priest of Baal offered human sacrifice, human flesh, upon their altars. The word priest in the Hebrew is kahan. And they were kahan baals. And they shortened that to cannibal. C-A-H-A-N-A-B-A-L. And later on, C-A-N-N-A. 
B-E-L-L-I-B-A-L. Now, priests of Baal wore tall white pointed hats and white sheets and worshipped a flaming cross on that day in the ancient world. Yes, the clan comes out of the same thing as Christmas. If you're black and you celebrate Christmas in America, something's wrong with you. You are celebrating the beginning of the clan. That's insane. The tall white pointed hat was called the fool's hat. It's the same thing as the dunce hat in a classroom, remember? Same thing. That's why they called it the dunce hat. Set a guy in the corner, put the dunce hat on him. That's the fish's mouth. That's the same thing that's on the head of those popes. It's the open fish's mouth. On the heads of those cardinals. It's disgusting. They were priests to build or cannibals, flesh eaters. And they ate their gods. They called their gods down in their sacrifices. Now, I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to get far into this. Will these traditions hurt the believer's life? How much time do I have, Mike? Maybe I can say a little bit of this. Go to Colossians 2 8. Colossians 2 8. Now, I'll just read some of these things as I'm going through it. I read you the body of my this paper I wrote on the Christ Mass. Some whoever, whoever spelled it misspelled some of the words in it, so I didn't misspell the words. The person that typed it did. <laughs> All right. Now here in two eight. Beware. Look, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. That word spoil, pseudogeo, S-O-U. Let me erase this. If you want this paper that I've written on Christmas, I did this about 30 years ago. I've just never shared it with a lot of people. I didn't realize how much I wrote in it. All right, spoil, pseudogeo, sula. S O U L A Sula Go Geo means to lead away into darkness or captivity. That's what will lead men back into practicing sin. It'll lead a believer back into practicing sin. You mean Christmas is sin? Absolutely it is. I keep saying this. Let me say it one more time. When the Bible says that these, therefore shall you keep mine ordinance. Notice when he says this in Leviticus 18 and 31. 
Therefore shall you keep mine ordinance that you commit not any one of these abominable customs. He doesn't even tell them in that verse, don't worship their gods. He said, don't do the things that they did in another way. Just like I read on that, when I began this, Jesus, you wouldn't mind. We found an old ancient festival. We renamed it after you, and it was an orgy. It's insane. The whole world is crazy. Even the best preachers out there who know better are a little bit crazy. John MacArthur being one of them. John is, what bothers me about John, I used to follow him. I believe he preaches a lot of real good messages. And half his messages are in the era. He's got water baptism. He's got crackers and grape juice that he calls communion. He's got Christmas and Easter and all that's paganism. John, I really don't care what you say. The Bible says the word of God is pure. If you add to it, you'll be found to be a liar. When you put Christmas to the word of God, you have turned the feast of Saturn, which was an orgy, into something to honor God with under a new name. If you rob a bank, I keep saying this, if, if, if Art goes out and robs a bank and he runs home, and says, I, the police are after me. I'll put on this tutu and I'll dance around. They come in. Can you picture Art with a tutu on? And he's dancing around. The police come in and say, you're under arrest. He says, I'm not a bank robber. I'm, I'm a ballet dancer. They say, you don't look like one. Does that make you a ballet dancer because he changed the name of it? No. You're still a bank robber. You can disguise yourself as the Lone Ranger or whatever you want to, but you still rob the bank. You can't change the name of something and change the very essence of it. That's why the Bible says you can't add or take away from the Word of God. Christmas is adding to the Word of God. He says here, you'll be spoiled, you'll be led into darkness through philosophos, Philos. That's philosophy. Philosophy means an affection. That comes from the word phileo. phileo. Affection for man's wisdom. That'll lead you away when you think your wisdom is smarter than the word of God. And vain deceit. He says, you'll be led away through vain deceit. The word there, vain, is the word apate. It means to be seduced. Apate. Vain is the word is a word that means empty. Apate. Empty delusion. That's what you're led away by. Vain deceit. And the rudiments of this and the and the Traditions of men. Tradition. That's that word Jesus said, you make the word of God of none effect by your traditions. That's what the halakha was. Men make up their own doctrine. They make up their own traditions. Paradosis. That's the word. Paradosis. That's what they did with Christmas. Paradosis. 
Don't excuse me, I'm having a hard time writing today. And vain after the addition of men, after the rudiments of this world. Rudiment is the word stoichion. And that was all the rituals they call the rituals of the temple stoichion. That would be all of the rituals of man. Rituals of man. That'll lead you back into captivity. Do I have any more time, Mike? One minute. One minute? I'm going to come back and give you the verses I used in this paper. I had a, I had two pages for the front of the paper. It was a body of the paper. Then I got into the, and then I got into the verses that are that condemn this throughout the scripture. I wanted to just read you some of the information. I can't read you all the information I've got. I've got tons of information. How pagan Christmas is. That's how pagan. If it makes you unhappy, it's supposed to, because. The world is celebrating the good Christians. People call themselves good Christians are all celebrating Christmas. And they don't know they're celebrating a... It's like sitting around a septic tank and celebrating the smell of it. That's what Christmas is. It's an abomination to God. Abomination in the Greek, delegma, means to stink. That's we're in, We're at the end of time. We have to be. This thing is getting crazy in the world. I didn't study under any man. I've never studied under any man. Never. Everything I've studied, it's it's just come natural to me to read and study and remember. I've been reading things since I was very young. A lot of what you hear me preach, I heard last week. Some things you hear me preach, I learned 50, 60 years ago. It just seemed my nature to want to find out the truth. I've never been to a seminary. I've never been to a Bible school. But I know that the things I'm teaching, I really believe that they are the truth. And it does nothing but make me sad. People say, why are you sad? I get up every day, look out my window. There's a guy behind me, he's a lawyer, and he don't believe nothing. There's a guy across the street. He's a chiropractor. He don't believe nothing. He's a he's a Mormon. What does that mean? Nothing. Got a guy two doors down. He's a he didn't claim to be anything. He don't believe nothing. Jim, you're just over my head. I said I don't believe that. You're a builder, and you can come up with these schematics and build things and with blueprints and you can't understand what I'm saying don't believe it had a heart doctor my heart doctor said Jim you're over my head I said wait a minute you're telling me you can go and study all this medicine for 12 to 15 years to pass your boards that's what they have to do and you're saying you could understand all that and you can't understand these simple things I'm saying I said, I don't believe that. Just tell me you don't want it, and I'll accept that. I don't believe you can't understand it. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for truth.
God help us. I'm drowning in information in my library of, of how pagan this stuff is. How other men can't see it, I don't have any idea why they can. Maybe they're proud, they don't want to lose their members, or they don't want to lose the men that pay the bills. Lord, I'll say the truth, just keep the doors open, open up many doors for the ministry. And I'll keep doing this till I fall dead. I won't stop. You've given me that much fortitude. Just give me strength to keep doing it. Strengthen the people here, those that are listening. Let them know that this is not supposed to be easy. Fight our battles. We've got a lot of enemies, Lord, that want to stop our ministry. They're fighting you when they're fighting me. They're not fighting me. They've taken on a task that's above their head. We'll praise you for everything in Christ's name. Amen.